0: Hello! My name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and on social media. Welcome to episode 228 of Geekitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I am very excited because this morning we have a Ray back.
1: Hey, Ray! (laughs) Hey, what's up, Joe? How's it going? Pretty good. You have been missed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I appreciate that. Uh... I, uh, I caught up with uh, your episode on the Eternals because you and I didn't ever get to talk about that. And I think uh, Rob did a great job. Both of you did. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So uh, that was fun and definitely made me, I was talking to the podcast. <laughs> 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 that's when I was like, okay, it's, you know, I got to, I got to, uh, I got to carve out some time here to, to reconnect with Joe.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you've been you've been exceedingly busy, and I've been trying to give people like the the
1: the deets as they go. But I don't even know that I know them fully. So what have you been up to in the last couple of months? Oh man. Well, I'm pretty much finished with my master's degree. Excellent. So uh, I have one more semester to go, but next semester is really just my last writing class, and I've pretty much already got a, a working draft of my thesis. So that's it. Like the, the bulk of the work, I think I've, I've reached the mountaintop and uh, (laughs) it didn't occur to me until it was, you know, the semester was just about over that. Oh, that that's why this semester is kicking my ass so much more. I mean, I'm busy every fall. Right. Right, fall, right? Fall is just the busy season. If you're, if you work in a college admissions, which I do, uh, but I've in, you know, in past years, I've always managed to sort of squeeze in geekitude here and there still sometimes from a hotel room, sometimes from, right. Airbnb. <laughs> but we've managed to do it. And this time it, it was just on another level. And, and I realized after my last crit like, oh, this is the last time I need to present finished paintings to this program for evaluation. Like, that's it. I'm done with that part. So nice. Yeah. I think that had a lot to do with it. <laughs> well, I mean, because your, your schedule was basically travel, paint, travel, paint, travel, paint. Right. 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 And, and you know, of course, this ongoing pandemic is a whole other thing because last fall we were 100% virtual. Mm hmm. So I was at home. I was in my right. painting studio. You know, I was doing everything from from my little one bedroom apartment where I thankfully have enough space to to have a not even not a room but like a a nook, you know, that w- functions as my off home office and art studio. And so everything I did last last fall was from this room, but now we're back on the road sort of (laughs) Uh Uh so this past semester I was in San Francisco and San Diego and Chicago and Atlanta and Columbus Ohio and uh, a couple other places probably have to look at my itinerary but I was I was all over the place I was flying. yeah so on top of my local recruiting which means I was in Ventura. I was in Oxnard. I was in Moore Park. I was in LA County. All over LA County. Uh, so, you know, there's that too. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and and I'm sure you know you can relate to this. Hybrid is a lot harder than either or. Oh yeah, I
0: hate hybrid. I hated hybrid. It was yeah. like just like either let me just do this all online, which sucks, but I'll get through it, or bring them all back. But exactly. don't do this this half and half stuff is it makes no
1: sense whatsoever. Yeah. So that was also happening this semester. Um and you know, it's just a lot. I was I was really at the end of my rope by uh by finals week. <laughs> Pretty much was, you know, just barely hanging on. I uh I did pull an all-nighter to get through the last week which means i just went a night without sleeping mm-hmm. and and that was you know i did that all the time when i was younger <laughs> <laughs> but we're in our 40s right <laughs> holy shit it is a whole other, it, joe it took me so like it's you know I often go with very little sleep. It's just kind of part of the way I've always functioned. It's not advisable. I understand that it's not best for my overall health, but I I can do it. And I've known for a long time that I can do that. I can, I can sleep for four hours and function perfect. You'd never know it the next day that I had only slept four hours. So I I do it fairly often. And so I was doing that (laughs) and then I was like, okay, I'm only going to get three hours tonight okay, I'm only going to get two hours tonight. And then I was like, shit, I need to pull an all-nighter tonight. So this was like a night with no sleep on top of like being sleep-deprived, like very sleep-deprived. Right, And it took me like three days to recover from that. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's not – it's definitely different as, as we get older. Um, yeah, man, it was – I was taxed for sure. I'm, I'm still – I'm just now – you know, sort of feeling myself again, to be honest. And this was like last week. I, I squeezed in um, Spider-Man No Way Home during finals week, which I'm, you know, glad. It, it was kind of my reward. Right. It was like, if I can just make it to that. And then I thought, I hope I don't fall asleep during the movie. There was no chance of that happening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But I, I, I definitely know that feeling. I mean, last night we went to uh, my in-laws house cause we, we go there multiple nights a week and watch TV with them. And all of us were just like dozing off. And I'm like, you have to put something else on cause this is not holding up <laughs> snore through whatever this is.
1: <laughs> uh, so I so- get it. Yeah, I mentioned the Eternals episode I, I listened to um, because, like I said, you and I didn't get a chance to talk about it at all. And I watched it, right. but I watched it on the road. Like I was in San Francisco and um, I was going to be in San Francisco for several days and I had like a dead, like an almost open day just it just mm-hmm. sort of happened the way my events worked out and so rosie had never been to san francisco so she came along with me on my work trip which is like the only way we were gonna get quality time this right right if you gotta come with me to work um what she was happy to do so we did that and uh We got to watch Eternals and I almost haven't even processed that movie. Like it was really great to listen to you and Rob talk about it. I agree with all your takes, uh, but a lot of that movie was coming back to me as I was listening to you to talk about it. Um, And uh, it just, I just kept thinking like, and I think one of you mentioned this on the podcast, but um, what a great job uh, James Gunn did with, Guardians of the Galaxy, introducing a team in one movie without, you know, the benefit of like individual movies beforehand and like making you care about like six new characters, you know, while also telling a story. And you can see with something like Eternals how difficult that is to, to pull off. Right. Um, and yeah, I, I like I said, I, I agree with your take. It wasn't a bad movie, but it's kind of you know mediocre by Marvel standards. I think. Right. Um,
0: well, I mean, it's just that we. It's it's so exposition based. Like yeah. it's not like like when when they show the um, the stingers. The stingers were the most important, most exciting part of the entire movie (laughs) because you were like, oh, okay." so a second movie I do want to see because actually something's going to happen where I feel (laughs) like in this movie not as much really happened. Right. Plus, we've gotten to a level, Ray, and this is what I have wanted to talk to you about because you get this. We are at a level. Of Marvel movie now where we're gonna get Pip the Troll and Star
1: Fox like <laughs> I don't know these characters what is happening <laughs> I do not I had to look up I knew it was a character called starfox but i'm like <coughs> rosie's like who is that i'm like i don't know <laughs> normally normally i'm like oh let me give you the wikipedia article off the top of my head but right 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 uh, i don't know those characters but it's clear that you know in the aftermath of endgame where the avengers are basically no more mm-hmm. um you know because they sort of they sort of fulfilled their function. The question of well, what happens next in regards to the Avengers, Marvel's answer to that is, well, we're gonna have a young Avengers or we're gonna have a West Coast Avengers. Yeah, pretty much. Like we're gonna have different iterations of the Avengers now going forward, and that's gonna culminate in something that's you know remains to be seen. Um there was something else I wanted to mention in regards to the Eternals and and st- Star Fox. I, you know what I I as I was listening what I was saying to the podcast what I, I was still talking to you too even though it was a recording of <laughs> you guys um, it would have I don't know if this is possible but to pull off but it would have been kind of cool for them to set up the Eternals in other films the way they set up Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet in other in earlier films oh that would have been really good yeah just like in in you know. Stingers and, you know, Thanos is in the background. Like, that would have been kind of cool to kind of plant those seeds so that by the time the Eternals movie comes around, you kind of already have an idea of, you know, oh, this is something important.
0: Right. And then it's a little less exposition you have to cover in that movie.
1: Exactly. Because I get, you know, Thanos with the whole, you know, I guess I'll do it myself and, you know, talking about the, the, the stones and what they mean. And there was a lot of that done in throughout various movies, throughout phases, you know, two, three, and four. Mm-hmm um or two and three at least but uh but anyway yeah i've also been really enjoying hawkeye i'm hoping we get to talk about that next week after this week's finale episode yeah, yeah, yeah. is this week the finale episode already yep oh. yep cool. <laughs> that's it
0: I i think i mentioned on one of the shows that i i made the mistake of watching it with my in-laws and so now i have to wait like i've all the, oh. others, all the other series <laughs> I've been watching like as the day or the day after they come out yeah. and I'm glad that they like it and they're enjoying it. And, and you know, like I have to stop and go, okay, so this is who this is. <laughs> right. And this is why this is important. Right. And, right. And even Matt's like filling things in because I've got him at least enough trained that, <laughs> you know, he was like, so who's this blonde person? I'm like the sister from black widow. Oh, okay. And then he can explain to, yeah his parents, you know, what what I'm talking about.
1: It's interesting, well we'll talk about this next week, but it's interesting how the react with the reaction has been to Hawkeye because I think and I, and I I've, I've seen people say, you know, this is w- like one of the best shows that Marvel's put on Disney Plus, but it's not it doesn't have that like, you know, setting the internet on fire after every episode trying to figure out what's this, what's that sort of vibe to it.
0: Right? I think we started getting over that a little bit with Loki, because yeah. there was a lot of theory crafting. Yeah, but it after a while, the theory crafting just stops paying off. Yeah, and I think that's honestly that's how I went into after Eternals. I was like, I don't have the the desire to theory craft this. Like, and the same thing with with um, going into Spider Man, which we'll talk about later, but. I, like, I just didn't have the the need to go, okay, so what does this mean? What does this mean moving forward? And how does this fall? You know, it's just kind of like, I'm trusting them. <laughs> Let's just go with it. It's fine. <laughs> Same with Shang-Chi, right? Right, right. Because I guess that they're, they're not, they don't feel like that. I guess that's the biggest thing I feel um, is missing right now out of the Marvel movies is they just don't feel part of the bigger universe. I know they're they're going to get plugged in yeah. but I feel I feel like we're back at Phase one where they're all kind of their own thing, yeah. and they won't be getting joined together until
1: way down the line. Agreed, agreed. So what have you been up to?
0: Um, well, I just went back to wow, like yesterday <laughs> after I, I think the last time I played was in March. The semester must be over. Oh God, great. <laughs> I can't even tell you how awful this semester oh. has been. <laughs> the poor listeners have heard so much about it, so I mean, I'm not going to go into detail. You're, still, you're
1: acclimating to a whole new school, a whole new population, man. Well, a whole new school, a whole new population,
0: and we just should have never let students roam free for 16 months. Like oh, right. They've come back, and they don't know how to be students anymore, and- yeah. Discipline's terrible, and right. Uh, we've had, we've had fights every week, and like big, like multi group fights and gang okay. activities. Up, it's just like it's a whole thing. Yeah, it's a whole thing. And then on top of that, I can't get kids to come to rehearsal because they're not used to having
1: things, you know, obligations to deal with. Right. And well, I mean, not only not used to, but we're all like. Feel like shit, man. Like this is, yeah. you know, yeah. like, and, and I think for the most part, maybe adults are, I don't know about better equipped, but you know, we, we kind of have to just grin and bear it and <laughs> m- most to pay. <laughs> yeah. Most people I know are just like, man, I'm barely hanging on. Like I just, right. you know, I'm just trying to get through each day because this, you know, it's everything's terrible. And I think for teenagers, I mean, shit, they got a whole other stuff going on, a whole bunch of other stuff going on internally, physiologically. So, you know, I can imagine what this experience is like if you're, you know, an adolescent, man, it's got to be shitty on top of shitty.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I have these little moments of, oh yeah, I've been teacher. This is what it's usually like. But most (laughs) of the time it's just like, oh my God, just sit down and stop talking. Just sit down and stop causing problems. Just do your work. (laughs) and 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 honestly most times it's just you're playing on your phone great you're not distracting anybody else
1: seriously man i'm like shit i can't
0: even do my work right now (laughs) so hard like and that's the thing it's like (laughs) you know this teachers are held to such a different level than a lot Mm -hmm. of other people because it's like we're expected to be on all the time Mm -hmm. because it's for the children and i was saying i was on um kelly hightower's um podcast many habits of the Modern geek the other day and i think it's coming out today actually and i basically said i think teachers are finally getting to the point where they're like i'm done like yeah. i'm done pretending that life is perfect it's not and stop telling me i have to be yeah. this beacon of perfection for everybody around me cuz i'm not that person you know we are human beings too and we're just as sapped and tired as everybody else
1: right right as everybody else is usually allowed to be usually. Mm-hmm.
0: hmm Totally. So yeah. So I started playing uh, again, and I got I gotta say most of it was because you know I last time I was playing I told you I had found this really good guild, and I still have their tab open on Discord, and so anytime I see like a big announcement, I go check it out, see what's going on. I'll like little do a little reaction to it, but um, the The head of the guild, just like two or three times in the last six months, have has emailed me, or not emailed me, but messaged me on Discord, and been like, just checking in, just seeing how you're doing, like how's everything going, and (laughs) like, I don't think people realize how big a thing that is right now um and so just like a week or two ago she she was like hey you know just checking in are we gonna see you sometime it's the holidays i know you got a break coming up and i was like yeah i think i can come in and it was just nice it was nice to have people like to be able to talk to those people again that you haven't talked to in a while and and kind of
1: reconnect by coming and see you that means just join the game right yeah
0: yeah like you know when when you go into the game your name pops up on the guild list got and it, so I can hover over the little guild and it'll tell me how many people in the guild are on and it'll show me all their names and and so she's like so it's so good to see you playing and interacting in the chat and you know it's just it's just a nice it's a nice kind of return <laughs> to to normalcy I guess
1: yeah Game gamers have had this whole virtual community thing down since way before the pandemic, and the rest of us had to (laughs) had to figure out to catch up.
0: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the other thing, like this, is how weird life is. Um, The other thing is, is that Matt and I are now into hockey.
1: What? Yes. So it was only a matter of time. You guys are pretty white. (laughs) So true. So true. Okay. So,
0: um, so they have a, we're, we're getting a Coachella Valley, um, American Hockey League team.
1: Whoa. What? That's, that's really, yeah.
0: So it's going to be the Coachella Kraken and the Coachella Valley Kraken. No, I'm sorry. The Coachella Valley Firebirds. And they're the feeder team, feeder team for the Seattle Kraken. Wow. So we've been watching so we've been watching Kraken games and we're we're, we're rooting for the Kraken. Mm. And um and so again part of it was is you know we were excited we're like this is something that's kind of local we want to support it. Mm-hmm. And so Matt was like, "Well, let's get ourselves some t-shirt. This is how it all started. Let's just get ourselves some some Firebird t-shirts." And he goes on and they have this whole push. They know that they're in the Coachella Valley. They have this whole push for like, "Hey, we want to really be inclusive of the LGBTQ community. Nice. And so they have all this pride merch for that and we got it and it's very cool. And like, I went to work wearing it one day and my friend Michael, who I often refer to you, you'll get this. Nobody else does, but I refer to my, my gay Sean daily. Um, <laughs> and uh, he says, like, that's a really cool t-shirt. What's that? And I, you know, I explained it to him and he's like, okay, so we're all getting uh, season tickets, right? And so, yeah, Jeez. so the, the three of us are getting season tickets. Oh. Um, and so we're just kind of excited about this. And um, uh, total random story with this. So Matt goes and orders these shirts, and I guess they're shipped from the local um out store that they've set up somewhere in the valley. I don't remember where. And you know, his last name is Lancelotti, so it's not exactly a <laughs> common last name. So he's like looking in the envelope that we got all these shirts in and there's some stickers and then he pulls out the receipt and there's something written on it. And it says, Hey, are you the professor Lancelotti that teaches at Fullerton? And if so, I got to tell you that you're part of the reason why I got into marketing. And it's like, it was just a really cool experience. So everything that has gone on with hockey And the Kraken and it's it's all been positive stuff. So we're just kind of like geeking out about hockey right now.
1: That's really cool. And first of all, somebody promote that marketing person that decided to be <laughs> inclusive of the local community, you know, because of course, like <laughs> they are about to get a rabid section of supporters in their fan base like they have never known before. Right. Because like, we and and <laughs> for both for both this this local
0: group and for the Kraken, because it's like, yep. well, they're not gonna promote, you know, they're they're connected. Yep. They're connected entities. So um, so yeah, I mean, at some point we we'll probably will go up and see a game in Seattle and yeah. I mean, like we're just, Ooh. we're like really enjoying it. And I've, out of all, out of all of sports ball, <laughs> um, when I was in junior high, I had a really good friend who was, uh, into hockey. And so she kind of got me started on that. And then in college, my sophomore year roommate was the goalie for the USC hockey team. So I went to games there. So I've always kind of like, if I, ha- if you said, what game do you have to you know you have to go support a game what would it be it's always for me been hockey so the fact that we're getting our own team i'm like yay you guys are gonna have so much fun yeah i'm looking forward to it that's really cool and then the last thing while we were watching the game when was it wednesday i think wednesday or thursday um we uh matt and i painted our nails for the first time (laughs) hey i've been thinking about doing that actually yeah, because you know, there's this whole movement right now that it's like nail polish has no gender.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. I, okay. That probably make that makes sense. I saw somebody online do it. I didn't. Re- I just thought it was just something they decided to do. I didn't realize it's part of a bigger move. But that makes sense. And I thought, yeah, I kind of always have been into that. <laughs> so yeah, that's really cool. What? Wait, did you guys go like full on like colors?
0: Well, Matt just did his thumbs and he got this really cool, like holographic, like teal color that really like spark. It's very cool. Like it's a very cool nail polish. I, there is a, um, a TikToker online who I follow and support. He's, uh, his name is Mr. Williams and he is a pre-K teacher and he is very much pushing this whole, teachers are people too. So yes, if you run into me at a bar, it's okay. I am allowed to be there because I am an adult. (laughs) And, you know, because I mean, that's one of the things we're not supposed to be caught drinking, you know, anywhere our students may be. And it's like, no, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's not how life works. So he's very big on that. Like they just had a a thirst trap trend where people held like their, their circle lights behind them and cast their shadows shirtless. And so you just see like, you know, the shadow like, it's just a very cool artifact, but it's also, you know, sexy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's like, the the caption on the thing said, um, teachers shouldn't do this trend, it's unprofessional. And he kind of just does the trend. Like, he's, <laughs> you know, it's like, teachers are people. So, just deal with it. We're allowed to, you know,
1: yeah
0: have lives. And so, his whole, he also does this whole line of nail polish because he's very big on this you nail know, polish has no gender movement Um kind of started with this woman whose like nine year old son wanted to paint his nails. And so he did, but he was like really self-conscious about it. And so she went on TikTok and she's like, hey, you know, my son's really um, self-conscious about this. So could you like, let him know he looks good and that it's okay that nail polish doesn't have any gender. And so all these guys like big buff tattooed guys and smaller guys with glasses and just like the whole gamut of, of men (laughs) would, would uh, duet that video while they're like painting their nails or show their Mm -hmm. nails that they'd already done. And, and it was just like, it just seemed like a very, very cool message to send. So that's yeah. kind of why I did. And so I, I bought Mr. Williams line
1: and so it's Christmas
0: color. So I've got green, red, and white on alternating fingers.
1: That's great. I love that. That gets me even more hyped to go ahead and make the leap and do it. Um, I've always been a nail biter um, mm-hmm. my whole life. And mm-hmm. it, it's funny though, because I mean, if you you can take one look at my nails and see that I, I bite my nails, but it's how I keep them trim. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm right there with you. <laughs> it's a functional thing, believe it or not. You know, it's not, if, if I don't have any nail to bite, I'm not biting nails. Like if my nails don't need a trim, I'm not biting them, but right. you know, um, but at the same time, I've always been a huge fan of, uh. well, first of all, just reg, you know, of, of painted nails. Like anytime uh, one of my partners or, you know, women have, painted nails I just think it's a super attractive thing and I've always really liked um French tip nails mm-hmm. because I just think they're so like it's such a cool I don't know maybe I'm thinking like as an artist here or as a designer but I'm like what a cool idea to like only paint certain parts of the nail to like introduce like a different composition or design and then right. I mean nails have you know there there's so many things you can do now um that are really popular you see them everywhere people you know are adding jewelry to their nails and decals have always been you know a popular thing um and i and i started thinking recently oh, i would love to get french tip nails <laughs> <laughs> uh i might yeah I'm, I'm, i might maybe i'll go with my girlfriend to the uh, with rosie to the next uh, nail appointment she has and make my own place nice. yeah black french tip nails i think is what i'm what i've been seeing what i've been picturing that that
0: would be that would be very cool. Yeah, we did it ourselves, and it's not pretty, Ray. <laughs> like, it's not pretty. But as Kelly said, on I posted it on Twitter, and Kelly's like, "Just keep practicing.
1: Just keep practicing. I've been doing it for forty years, and my knowledge don't always look good either, so it's fine." <laughs> that is not something that I will be undertaking for sure. I'm, I'm way too vain. I will definitely be having a professional do it. Um.
0: So yeah. So we and and the the um. Irony, the I guess the socially created irony of Matt and I painting our nails while watching hockey was very, <laughs> um, very, very satisfying for me this week. Love
1: it, that's great. So yeah, so that's what we've been up to. So when when we're going to talk about Spider Man No Way Home today?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When did you catch up with it? Um, I watched it Saturday. Okay, I watched it opening night, and it was a madhouse, but in the best possible way. Well, I'm still, we're still a little
0: COVID shy. Um, yeah. We've had, we've had friends <laughs> who are fully vaccinated get it. And, you know, so we're just like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so we try to go to really early showings. And there was like, like Matt is very much, um, he, he feels that we shouldn't be wearing our masks in places where it doesn't make sense to wear our masks. So like if you're outside, don't wear your mask. And and I, and I think where it comes from is this idea of, we don't want to be the other side of the misinformation, like the other side of the paranoia. Mm. And so, um, and so when we were in, the movie theaters previously, like seeing Eternals and everything else, you know, I'd keep my mask on. he's like, you know, we really don't need the mask on.
1: (laughs) We went on Saturday and both had both ended the movie (laughs) with masks on. And he's like, I just don't, there's just too many people. (laughs) Yeah, man, I'm wearing my mask. If I'm leaving the house, my mask is on.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I'm thinking more about like, I don't want to, unfortunately, I just feel like I can't rely on everyone else around me to be responsible all the time. So I'm going to do my part to just, take care of my side of the street. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're wearing our masks all the time. And thankfully, in those theaters that have reclining chairs, there's already sort of like more space built in right. to that. And everyone see, seemed to be... Well, everywhere we've gone, thankfully, everyone seems to be really conscientious about wearing their masks all the time and maintaining personal space. It's so weird because... This time last year, it was so annoying if you had to go out. People were just um, – were not paying attention. And it's like, hey, get over there. Stop getting so close to me. Like there's a pandemic. <laughs> and now – Walking it, around hissing at people. <laughs> yeah, dude. And now it seems like it, it's kind of been absorbed, you know, like it's becoming a way of life for more and more people. So we generally felt safe that the, the times that we've gotten out where we know we're going to be like – where there's going to be people like a crowd. We still don't... We don't go to restaurants and stuff like that, but um, seeing Eternals, seeing uh, Shang-Chi, seeing Spider-Man. God, I think those are the only movies we've actually gone out into the theater to see. Uh, You know, it it felt okay. And there was a buzz on Thursday night like I've never felt in a movie theater before. That there were... It just... Everyone was excited and and sort of like barely keeping it in you know what i mean like just they were people were coming in and sitting down during the like commercials with their popcorn and already you could tell people were waiting like holding their applause and cheering like at bay uh yeah. so it was pretty cool
0: yeah that's very cool i i i wish i had that i it's very quiet out here <laughs> <laughs> very quiet. especially right now like this is it's technically on season, but we have this kind of holiday gap where things kind of really quiet down over the holidays because everybody's where it's not freezing. I mean, mm-hmm. like everybody's going back to where it's cold because right. it's very Christmassy. Right. And so um, so it's very quiet. And so it was like, I'm already at a matinee. There were some kids there, but it wasn't a lot of it wasn't a lot of people. It's more than a lot of the shows we've seen or movies we've seen, but not.
1: Not very crowded. There were a couple times where I'm like, yay and then I'm looking around, going, "Oh, I'm the <laughs> only Okay. <laughs> well, why don't we take a break and and let's dive into Spider-Man: No Way Home. Sounds good. We will be right back.
0: When toxic culture has you down,
1: when you're just looking to laugh and have fun, kick back
0: and enjoy watching a video game, or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek to Geek Media Network, a community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Yep, and each other in real time, and we can't wait for you to join us.
1: So, come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com.
0: And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. And we're back.
1: And... I don't even know where to start on this one, Ray. Like Oh man, I was hoping you had done the homework. I uh <laughs> I mean, I don't get me wrong, I've been thinking and talking about this movie since I saw it. I definitely do not have any kind of breakdown charted out or anything like that. Um did you catch up with any of the new Rockstar stuff? I did. I didn't
0: um and I don't necessarily know that I've been doing that with the movies. I think for me, New Rockstars is a little bit more of a um, uh, Disney Plus series thing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so we don't have all, we might not have all the little Easter eggs and stuff that we sometimes do. But, you know, but between the two of us, I think we we, we probably caught most of them. <laughs>
1: uh, no. There No. <laughs> there, there I did watch the New Rock Stars thing. And uh what's the guy's name that does New Rock Stars? Is it Eric? No. Eric something, yeah. He states at the beginning of the I I just watched it. I didn't take any notes whatsoever, but he states that this movie has the most easter eggs and references that he's ever documented in a film. Oh wow. Yes. <laughs> there is a lot of stuff going on in this movie. Um, callbacks galore, um, you know, nods to the comics, um, stuff setting up future things. There's all kinds of stuff.
0: That's excellent. So it's something yeah. I need to go back and watch.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. And we're, we're t- fully planning to go back and see this movie again. We can't wait to go see it again. And literally, as soon as it ended, we looked at each other and we're like, we're seeing this again as soon mm-hmm. as possible. Uh, but one thing that we did, which has kind of become a, a custom with Rosie and I now, especially with Marvel movies, is she had never seen any of the previous Spider-Man movies. Oh, wow. So I think the last that you and I actually talked and interacted this is way towards the beginning of the semester we were making our way through the old spider-man movies right which we did we we managed now now we stopped once shit got crazy for me and then once i realized oh crap we're watching no way home like next week we have to catch up so we kind of did like a marathon while i was painting you know i'm in the studio i've seen these movies before so i'm in the studio i'm you know kind of got the, the TV within my vision and Rosie sitting on the couch watching it. So we, we made our way through Raimi Spider-Man one, Raimi Spider-Man two, Raimi Spider-Man three, amazing Spider-Man one, amazing Spider-Man two, um, and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Okay. Yeah. And thankfully we had already watched season one of daredevil previous to this semester. So, um, rosie had an idea of who those characters were
0: right right
1: uh we're about to spoil the fuck out of this movie
0: (laughs) yeah so so like if it's been a while since we've done a a review between ray and i so if you're new and you're looking at our our podcast for the very first time first of all welcome it has been but a while. Second so all, yeah. <laughs> we're about to spoil the bleep out of this movie. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be like just if you haven't seen it, just stop listening now. <laughs> just stop. Just stop now. <laughs> Oh, because we're so, not only really going to spoil this movie, we're going to probably spoil every Spider-Man movie that's been created up until now because yeah, no they kidding. all apply.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 hold up way better than I remember. I did not like those movies when they came out. They're still not the greatest movies, but they are very, very serviceable Spider-Man movies. Yeah, I
0: I didn't mind them as much as people were were hating on them. Like mm. I'm not saying that they're they're amazing, but I liked I honestly I have said this constantly and I almost feel like they they nodded to it in the movie. I have always felt that Toby Maguire is a better Peter Parker and Andrew Garfield is a better Spider-Man. Right. Right. And and that. I think Um, Tom Holland is a really good combination of the two. I think he plays a really good Spider-Man, but he's also a very charming Peter Parker and it, it works really well. So I enjoyed, I enjoyed Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man a lot more than Tobey Maguire's.
1: Andrew Garfield's amazing Spider-Man movies are definitely the like nineties era emo Spider-Man. Yeah. Like very, very heavy emotions Lots of angst and grief and, and sort of, you know, troubled, um, you know, soul searching happening in those movies. My girlfriend's a Pisces. She ate them up. Uh, (laughs) she loved those movies so much. The, the death of Gwen Stacy, she just loves a good tragedy. My Mm -hmm. girlfriend just, she's, you know, she, she wears her heart on her sleeve, she's a crier. Um, and those movies definitely gave her plenty of, of opportunities to be in her fields, which she very much enjoys. So, um, I, you know, the rainy, and this has been said many times before the rainy Spider-Man movies are more along the classic, you know, Stanley did go sixties era, Spider-Man. Story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, we threw in Spider into the Spider-Verse just cuz I thought, well, it is this is going to be a multiverse movie, so let's just watch this so she, you know, fully understands what the multiverse can mean to someone like Spider-Man. And Plus it's
0: just an amazing movie.
1: Oh my god, so good. Yes. And and that turned out to be helpful as well. Um, where do we start with this movie? What did you What did you make of the whole premise that that, you know, Peter Parker screwed up Doctor Strange's spell, because I know it was criticized a lot in the trailers. People were like, well, that can't be all there is to it. But, no, it turns out that's all there is to that in the movie.
0: Yeah, because everybody was waiting for um, Doctor Strange to be the Doctor Strange we're getting in the next movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, And and it was really just like, I think we forget how, because his role in the Bigger movies, I I think we forget Doctor Strange isn't Mister Rule Follower, right? And so, like when we were seeing all of these like moments where he's kind of like winking at at Spider Man or you know winking at Peter Parker and going like you know it's okay we'll 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 figure this out. And the fact that Wong's just kind of over him, <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> um, I I think I think we forget that. No, this is a guy who the whole reason why he's where he is is he was kind of a
1: douche <laughs> yes and he continues to be so even after he learns magic
0: yeah it's like learning magic did not make him less of an egotistical individual so you know he thinks he can do whatever he wants and so it it is not out of character and i think a lot of people feel like oh it's out of character oh there's something wrong because they're they're thinking of crossover um Doctor Strange which is basically the Doctor Strange who is like I ha- <laughs> it's it's the in surgery Doctor Strange. Mm. It's the guy who like knows what he's good at and can get it done but he's not going to be cracking jokes and being flippant when there's a patient on the table. So it's the same kind of characterization we're getting it's just he's you know surgically manipulating the universe instead of, you right. know, cutting out somebody's organs.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I thought they did a really good job in the opening scenes of justifying Peter's, uh, you know, motivation to go to Doctor Strange. Like he's mm-hmm. desperate because it's not just a matter of, oh, everyone knows I'm Peter Parker now and, you know, my life is hard. But they show like how much shit they have to go through now. They show that they're being sued and that his friends are not getting into college. And it's just ruining everyone's lives, basically.
0: Yeah. And, and he feels like it's his fault. I mean, that's he- the whole thing is that, that you know, we we've talked about the fact that we didn't get in the first movie with great power comes great responsibility like that never happened and we were like it's fine because we don't need it anymore mm-hmm. and when they actually started sitting that you know when 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 that started to become the battle cry in this movie it i feel like it was earned mm-hmm. like it was kind of like if if they had done it at the beginning in the first movie we've been like yeah yeah we know power great power great responsibility yeah 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 but in this one we're kind of like tell him Tell him <laughs> give him that message.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that they um they gave a little nod to uh, Michelle or and this, this movie's MJ being the real MJ by clarifying that her name is her full name is Michelle Jones Watson, but she mm-hmm. just doesn't go by Watson. She doesn't use that name and mm-hmm, it's kind mm-hmm. of like oh that that must be apparent that maybe she like you know, is estranged from or something like that, which makes sense for Mary Jane and her history in the comics. Um So that was pretty cool. I thought, okay. Explain that a little bit. So in the comic books and, and in Raimi's films, Mary Jane has an abusive father.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And her name is Mary Jane Watson mm-hmm. in the, in the Halden, the, the MCU movies. Now her, she goes by Michelle in the first movie and, And then she goes, just call me MJ. Her name is supposedly Michelle Jones, Mm -hmm. which is what MJ was. People were like, oh, so that's not Mary Jane Watson. That's not the MJ from the comics that we know of. This is a different MJ. They're just calling her MJ as a nod. But they clarify that her full name in this movie, they clarify her full name is Michelle Jones Watson. So Jones Watson is her hyphenated last name. Right. And she says, I don't use Watson. Gotcha. And so that's kind of like nodding to the fact that like she probably does have an estranged relationship with her father, whose last name is probably Watson. And that's why she she just drops it from her hyphen last name. She just goes by Michelle Jones. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And that's why she's MJ. Yeah. I mean, I knew that there was that that was going on. It was just I, I, there was so much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so cool because – So one of the things that I've been wondering about is, and I mean, this is jumping way ahead, but going forward, it's like, okay, so is this the Mary Jane or was it just, is this now going to be left behind and Spider-Man is going forward? Like, I was even wondering like, oh, are we going to meet Gwen Stacy in the next Tom Holland Spider-Man? Right. Right. Like, are they going, because it does feel like a reset. So it's like, are they going to go back and do like, give us this Peter Parker Spider-Man that we know from the comics that doesn't have a relationship with Tony Stark, doesn't benefit from all the cool gadgets and all that shit where everything is easy for him. Now we're going to get like the struggling college student working overworked, barely making it kind of Peter Parker that we know from the original comics.
0: Yeah. And I think that's probably where they're going to go. I don't know that we're going to get that kind of Gwen Stacy because I mean, they, they established that there's no Oscorp in this universe. Right. Which I thought was kind of interesting because it was basically saying, no, this is, you know, in this place, this character doesn't exist. Right. Or at least does not exist in the way that he exists in the other universes. So I think if we get a Gwen Stacy, you're going to get a Spider Gwen. You're not, and and I think the whole thing with Spider Gwen in the comics is that she is the Gwen Stacy from another universe.
1: Well, there's been all kinds of rumors, or or you know, t- I guess you could say um, negotiating like publicly, where for a while, you know. They weren't sure if Tom Holland was going to stick around. They weren't sure if Sony was going to continue to want to work with Marvel. So I think they kind of crafted this as a possible like jumping off point. Mm -hmm. Uh, But now, of course, Faye has come out in the last couple of days saying they're already working on Spider-Man 4. Um, But Tom Holland has also said in in a recent interview that he wouldn't mind stepping aside to allow for a different version of of Spider-Man to kind of take center stage.
0: That's cool, because I mean we I think we're all kind of waiting for our, our Miles Morales totally Spider-Man. Yeah. I think I think we've told a lot of Peter Parker stories, and I love yeah. Peter Parker, but I'm okay with moving on to a different Spider-Man.
1: Same. And every time I watch Into the Spider-Verse and Rosie had this same reaction, it's kind of like why isn't this the (laughs) Spider-Man we're getting like, this feels so relevant and so like uh, we're ready for it, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that would be great. But so to his credit, you know, Holland is like on board, like, yeah, why don't we get a Spider-Woman or a Spider-Gwen or a Miles in there? Like it's, it's, I, you know, if they want me to keep being Spider-Man, great. I love it. But if, you know, if they feel it's time for another Spider-Story to take center stage, I'm all for it. He said. In a recent interview. That's
0: good. Yeah, because he was definitely he's like he loves the character, he has no problem playing it from mm-hmm. everything I've heard. But it's good to hear that he's aware that, you know, it might be at some point time to move mm-hmm. to the side.
1: The the first audience freak out was the rev the reveal of Matt Murdoch as a uh, Peter's lawyer.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Did you see that coming? Oh, they've been talking about it for months. Oh man. I've I always I never got beyond them being rumors of like maybe. I, I remember when the trailer came out and people were like, oh, is that is that guy that we don't whose face we don't see in the interrogation room? Is that him? And people were like kind of debunked that. No, it's one yeah, of They those- were even like, he's kind of hairy and so is uh, – what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Cox? Yeah, yeah. So I just always thought like, oh, okay, it's a rumor maybe, but maybe not. And when he showed up, I was pretty surprised. I was like, oh, shit, they just went for it. Well, you know what that means, right?
0: it means that he's probably going to be in she hulk i can't imagine him not being in she hulk because she was always the prosecuting attorney to his defense attorney
1: always it's so this is so like awesomely planned out in terms Mm -hmm. of the the release timeline because we literally just got a revelation in hawkeye and spoilers for those of you that tuned into this and are not ready for hawkeye to be spoiled just Jump ahead a few seconds here. Uh, we just got the revelation in Hawkeye episode five that Kingpin I- exists in that show. Yeah. So, yeah he's and the then, big bad in Hawkeye. Yeah. And then literally the next day, Spider-Man comes out <laughs> and we get Matt Murdock. Which is good because it
0: really, I mean, I love the Netflix series. I think they were well done, even though there are some that are problematic and and- mm-hmm weren't wonderful. Um, I just, I I liked that as a venue for those characters and I would like to see them enter the bigger universe as a whole. Mm -hmm. And now that we have Disney plus, I think that's possible.
1: Yeah. I also love that. Marvel is all in on like, we don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's just keep the things that worked and were great. And we'll just get rid of the rest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We liked this. We liked this actor for this character. They did a really good job here let's use them. <laughs> like, why do we have yeah. to go find another one for the
1: movies? Wouldn't it be great if they did that with X-Men, Joe, just to pull out your heartstrings? Well,
0: yes and no. I mean, honestly, at this point, it's like, I love Patrick Stewart, but how much longer is, are we going to have Patrick Stewart? Oh,
1: like, I'm not thinking of Patrick Stewart. I'm thinking of the younger, uh, Professor X and Magneto. I think they're great. They're the only ones that want to keep. Fastbender. And, um, what's the dude's name? James. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, oh, people yeah. are shouting at their their yeah, um, that dude. iPhones. Yes.
0: Um, They'd well. be great. I think. Yeah, they would. But I, I feel like just so many other people are in that <laughs> cl- collaboration or just not as – I really don't want Jennifer What's-Her-Face
1: um, as Mystique. But Anna Taylor-Joy is magic, though. but
0: (laughs) oh but we don't count we like i I will take the casting of new mutants but we're gonna pretend that never
1: (laughs) (laughs) you're all what are you talking about ray
0: (laughs) yeah we can keep the casting i thought the casting was very on point but like i don't know that you need to keep that like we just said keep the good with the bad like i would keep the good toss the bad like keep the (laughs) casting toss the story
1: I love that bit. Back to back to Matt Murdoch. I love that bit where the brick comes through the window and he catches it. <laughs> and then you say Peter was about to catch it too. Yeah, he's like, how do you do that? I'm a good lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very good lawyer. Um James McAvoy. James McAvoy, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um yeah. did you ever read the controversial Spider-Man comic book stories of like one more day and, and one time or something like that. And then there was another one after that.
0: No, but that's kind of where they're heading, isn't it? Like, it well, it's, I think it's what all
1: this is based on.
0: Yeah. Like, I know that there was a point where like he made a deal with the devil to have everybody forget that he was Peter Parker because, um, right because the it was after it was after the first civil war in the comics where he revealed his identity on Iron Man's prompting. Right. And it just kind of like he just in that in that storyline my understanding is he just got pummeled by all of Spider-Man's menagerie of villains who were like, okay. "Oh, now we know where to get this guy."
1: Right, right. Um and then the next audience freak out, which, of course, we saw coming from the trailers, is Dr. Octopus showing up on the bridge. Yeah. Oh, I love this version of Dr. Octopus. It's a really good version of Dr. Octopus. Alfred Molina just nails it. I I mean, and I think that, I don't know, there there was something about all of these villains played by, you know, the previous actors that it felt like they occupied the roles more comfortably, Yeah. You know, like they had solid footing or something.
0: Well, I feel like they were, they were, they had time. The the character had already been established. They didn't need any exposition. They didn't need, um, they could just, they could just play the character well, Mm. which I think sometimes when you're in a movie that has scuffs on it, Mm. that it's sometimes hard to be able to just get into the character because you've got to try and hide those scuffs. Mm-hmm. And in this, they they could just be the characters. They right. could just let the characters do their thing,
1: right? Yes. um The whole nanotechnology bit was super dope. <laughs> yeah, that was that. really cool. And the way Peter was able to kind of like Bluetooth connect and control <laughs> that was great. I didn't see that coming, and I thought that was so good. Yeah, I didn't either. And, uh, the fact that it paired <laughs> a new device yeah. discovered—it's yeah. like. And- wish
0: my pr- my printer was that easy
1: what <laughs> once at the very end of that bridge scene before uh Peter goes back to to Strange's uh dwelling we get the you know the first pumpkin bomb from Green Goblin and i think we need to talk about how much Willem Dafoe crushes this version of the Green Goblin oh yeah this was oh, yeah. like I there was a menace from this character from 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 the way that he portrayed this villain where it felt like we were finally getting the the true green goblin uh peter parker dynamic that is a lot like the joker batman dynamic you know like the joker is the ultimate like arch villain, opposite nemesis of bat that Batman just can't figure out. Like he just, you know, he attacks Batman's, uh, uh, like the concept of Batman in such a way that Batman is always on the defensive, and that's exactly what this dynamic felt like. Yeah,
0: and and it's, I mean, that's really where the para- the the characters parallel because it's mm-hmm. like this is our first. Truly, like, ridiculously maniacal villain at this point. Like, everybody else has been greedy or Mm power-hungry, but they haven't been just flat-out, you know, disturbed. And the Green Goblin is definitely
1: a character that is disturbed. Yeah. Yeah, and dangerous, like always dangerous. <laughs> like, right, right. Always dangerous. Defoe just gives a line reading and you're like, oh shit, like my <laughs> not of off. <laughs> it's so good. Like you could yeah, tell it was you, so good. God, he's really enjoying playing this character again and just sinks his teeth into it. Well, I mean, this whole this whole movie was
0: so much better than it could have been. Yes. I feel like, I feel like (laughs) there, there is no question in anybody's mind that this is a fan service movie. Like
1: hundred percent. Oh, Joe, I saw people complaining about the level of fan service in this movie. They're like, Oh, this is basically like Spider-Man, you know, fan service. And I'm like, yeah that's the whole concept of this movie like if you don't you you can't you can't jump in a pool and complain about the water like that's what (laughs) that's what am i wet this is not what i wanted yeah exactly (laughs) like if you didn't get that just get the fuck out of here with those complaints man (laughs) that's what this is that's the whole reason we're all here go home (laughs) Right.
0: Well, and it, and there's a big difference in a regular fan service movie because like, I think when you talk about, um, a movie being fan service, you're like, we're going to make a a movie where the entire point is to make people go, Oh, I remember that. Oh, that's really cool. Oh, did you see that thing? That was from that thing. And it has nothing to do with the movie that's going on in front of you. It's all about the nostalgia and the, the Easter eggs. And you can have all that stuff, but the big difference is they wrote a movie and said, "This is a good story. This is a story that that lines up with the universe that we're we're creating. It's a story that we are um, that we have worked to build up to." And it gives us an opportunity to lean into the fan service. Like the fan service, they didn't, they didn't say, we're going to do fan service and then create a movie. They created a movie within where they could create fan service.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, that's a great distinction to make. And that makes me realize, like, something that I've kind of been, like, uh, playing with in my head, the idea that, like, this is ending. Like mm-hmm. this this movie is Spider-Man Endgame. It it pays off in the context of a story that fits and that's that feels organically, you know, built to or 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 yeah, yeah. Um this this is a movie that pays off the investment by the fans and the viewers. Mm-hmm. That's that's half of the appeal, if not more, is you know is that, you know, people complain, some people complain about Endgame being like, oh, you have to have known all these other things and see it doesn't function on its own, nor should it. That's not the design. No, that's not like, the that's, point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the function of this movie. It's to pay off. It's not to set up. This, this is the movie that is not meant to be all inclusive. It it rewards the fans that have paid attention up to this point. And that's exactly what No Way Home felt like. And it makes no surprise to me that people are putting it, you know, in the top three, that it's the number three top grossing movie of all time after Endgame and infinity war. Like, yes, it makes sense. It is on that peer. It is on that level or it's not peer tier. It is on that level of, of, um, movie when it comes to like storytelling and just the whole concept and design of the plot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, It just it it did like it constantly ever since we had our conversation about civil war, I have been continually impressed at how well they can create individual story arcs in a single movie. Yeah. And I feel like this is one of those where they had so many they had so many payoff stories. Like each of the Spider Men gets closure from their previous movies because really like when you think about it toby mcguire movies they they shoehorned way too many bad guys into the last one mm-hmm. and then nobody liked it and we're not making any more movies mm-hmm. didn't really get to like it wasn't a, a good like here's the here's the conclusion trilogy to our story
1: yeah they left um, peter and mj on a sort of will they won't they uh kind of you know story point in that movie. Right. And then and then Andrew Garfield they never made the third movie. Right.
0: Right. And so it's kind of like neither of those you know whether you like the movies or not neither of those stories which were planned to be trilogies got their endings. Mm-hmm. Got the proper endings that they were planned to have. So this almost gave them a little chance to kind of conclude those franchises without creating a whole new bigger mess like we there's no expectation that we're all of a sudden going to get another tony mcguire or andrew garfield spider-man movie I, like, there's, there's petitions oh i'm sure there's petitions but <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it's in the i mean i don't think it was in the you know it's not gonna yeah. be in the cards they got too many other stuff things that they want to make but you know they didn't have to do that they could have just brought these characters in Had them web sling a little bit and be done with it. Mm -hmm. Like they didn't have to give them story arcs Mm -hmm. and they did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that Rosie and I were talking about after, and I'm going to have to watch it again to figure out how they pulled this off. But we, we often criticize other comic book movies for doing the, the fatal flaw, having the fatal flaw of having too many villains. Mm -hmm. How did they pull this off, Joe? There's so many villains and nothing feels like it's getting short shrift. Nothing feels over bloated. It doesn't feel like too much. Everyone has their moments. It feels very balanced. It works within the story. And usually that's the thing that marks doom for a franchise is mm-hmm. when they stuff it, they overstuff it with too many villains and characters.
0: Well, but that's the thing. It's they, they it's the same reason why we can have an Avengers movie because we had the movies leading up to it. Mm. They, I don't think they could have done this without going back and pulling from those other two movies. Yeah. Or those other two franchises, because you basically saw our first, our first bad guy, super team. Yeah, exactly. Like this is our first, like this was the sinister six. This was our first group of, bad guys that decided to work together, but we're all from different movies. Yeah. So the bad guy wasn't the bad guy in this was not the sinister six. The bad guy in this was the, the spell that was cast. That Mm -hmm. was that, that was the, the, the big, the big bad was trying to figure out how to defeat this spell in a way that didn't compromise his morals. And, and so it didn't have to circle around any one particular villain. The villains were the the henchmans to this
1: phenomenon. I feel like I kept waiting for a sixth villain to come in, because we got five in this movie. And then after a while I realized they weren't gonna do that when uh they bring uh Dr. Ox uh Doc Ox, I guess, arc to a really nice close where Peter solves his insanity or or whatever first by uh recreating that chip mm-hmm. and then dr octopus becomes you know i love how they show like or how they describe like the change that he undergoes where he's like under constant like um he's being he's being uh i guess i don't know there's a barrage of like voices in his head from the tentacles arguing with him and his psyche and he's trying to manage that. That's why he's so irate and all the time and angry. Yeah, that's why I'm so angry. (laughs) Yeah, and then once that's taken away, he's sort of like back to himself. And after that, he pretty much stays, you know, on on Peter's side. So then we really have four villains and there's there's the three that work together in Electro and Sandman and the Lizard. And then there's the fucking wild card of Green Goblin that's just like – Like the Joker. He's, he's like a force of nature. Like, right. The green goblin is, is the ultimate wild card. Like you don't know what he's going to do or who he's going to kill, or he's just completely untamable. You cannot reason with him. And he's the most dangerous for that reason. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, th- I thought they did a good job of reintroducing the lizard. I'm so glad they tweaked that design a little bit. I don't know how they did it, but I really hated the design of the lizard from the from Amazing Spider-Man 1. I didn't mm-hmm. like the design of his face. I know why they had to do it that way so he could speak you know, somewhat normally and you could understand his facial movements. But um, they didn't change it that much, but whatever they did was enough that made the design just look cooler to me. Yeah. Um, and then they didn't really explain uh, Electro's difference. Other than I thought they tried to by saying the energy is different here. Therefore, he feels different and he looks different.
0: Right. Well, he, he kind of had set up his own, um, you know, he, he used the arc reactor to kind of recreate his... Oh, right, right. His right. powers. So I think that I loved, I loved the, the, every time he used his powers, he got the little,
1: little star thing around his head. That was cool. Yeah. I thought
0: that, that made me happy. That, that's, and again, a little bit of fan service that for me went a long way.
1: Well, I couldn't help but think about like the behind the scenes sort of uh, negotiations that must have gone on to get them all in this movie because. Uh, early on, we see Willem Dafoe smash his goblin mask. So it's like, okay, he definitely wants his face seen on ca- on on camera, right? Like mm-hmm, this movie. Mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx also is not glowing blue. He looks like Jamie Foxx. But then the two, I guess you would say, like, you know, not A-list actors like Willem Dafoe and Jamie Foxx um, playing uh, Flint, Marco, and uh, the Lizard we don't really see their faces until the very end. They're like CGI. They're probably voiced CGI. And mm-hmm. then they probably just contracted those actors to each come in for like one day of filming and just knock out those final moments of them being cured. Right. 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 Which, I mean, I got to say like, that's perfect. Like <laughs> from an actor's
0: point of view, you want me to be in a Marvel movie and I just have to talk and then show up one day. Y- y- yeah. I'll t- <laughs> Right, right. That is not that is near not. You're not telling me I'm doing something awful. That that yeah. sounds amazing.
1: <laughs> there were moments in this there were scenes in this movie where I thought it was going to uh jump the shark. And it was like on the verge for me and then somehow it just worked like they pulled it Okay, off. what were those? Um definitely like early on, I would say where they go they first are walking into the doctor strange's like basement
0: mhm
1: and i'm like oh, okay this feels a little bit m- like after school specialy or like movie of the weeky like and then it just was funny enough and charming enough with the characters and the way they're written that you just go along with it you know mm-hmm. I, I, Maybe not the first time, but I think when they when they see that that the lizard is down there and they get Doctor Octopus down there uh, locked up and they're kind of figuring out like their plan of attack, um, I thought that was a little bit like oof, how did they pull that off? And then when they all go to Foggy's, sorry Foggy, to um, uh, Happy's Happy's uh, apartment. That just seemed odd to see those super villains, like all like in a domestic like environment like that, just kind of like chit chatting as people, mm-hmm. you know. But mm-hmm. they pulled it off; it was great. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it, you know they did a great job of like managing this fucking massive story and and all the weird scenarios that came of it.
0: Yeah, it's just, it, 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 this really is a movie that should not have worked.
1: Yes. It really, there's so many moving parts and there's so many reasons
0: why it could have not worked that it's very impressive that it did.
1: Yes, yes. The whole, I love that fucking Peter Parker beats Doctor Strange in a one on one battle. Yes. Oh, that, that made me so giddy. Well, just because, I mean, like,
0: that often happens in comics because the, underdog well first of all you're going to root for the underdog and second of all the underdog has to work harder Mm -hmm. and so the more powerful character is not working as hard because they're like i got this and again it plays into that hubris of of dr strange that we forget he has because we're just used to him in the last several movies being um you know the responsible dr strange and not the one that Mm -hmm. you know drove his car off the cliff in the first
1: place. And Peter's motivation is, I mean, yeah, Dr. Strange's motivation is, you know, he needs to save the universe from collapsing in on itself. But Peter's motivation is he he feels a responsibility to help these people.
0: Mm-hmm. Even
1: though they're trying to kill him, you know, he sees their humanity and he, you know, may help them to understand that he – he needs to try to save them because they're going to die. And he, if he can do something about that, he needs to do something about that. Right. Um, what did you think about the whole scene? I felt like that scene where he, he brings in um, Electro and Sandman um, in that like night scene where he has his costume inside out. I kept trying to figure out why they made that choice. And I'm like, is that he had I his
0: costume you? inside out? I missed that.
1: Why did you miss that? Yeah, I missed that. Like, what, what, where, remind me, because I'm there. Okay, so they're in the basement of the Sanctum Sanctorum, Mm -hmm. and he's trying to figure out a plan of action with Ned and MJ. And what are we going to do? How are we going to catch them? And that's when Dr. Strange makes him that little thing that shoots like some kind of web that's going to like teleport them into his little cages, his magic. Mm-hmm, cages. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the whole time that he's trying to figure this out, I think he's on the phone with Aunt May or something, but he has that green paint that someone threw on his costume and he's trying to like scrub it out and it's not coming out and he doesn't know what to do. And then he realizes, Oh, I can just turn the costume inside out and it's black with like the gold wiring on it.
0: Okay. I, I'm colorblind.
1: Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but you that's, that's why colors, I didn't though. get it.
0: Yes. But I like those, those I did. Like I did, you told me, Oh, he was wearing black and silver. I, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so what
1: did you see that as? Like, just like his normal red and blue costume.
0: Well, I just thought, cause I know he'd gotten all, it had gotten all messed up. And so, you know, I saw it was duct taped and everything. So I just took it as like, you know, it had gotten messed up and he was, I didn't see that it was trying to be oh, something else.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, they definitely didn't say like, I'm going to wear this inside out. Like it's just kind of like a quick, you know, you see him turn it inside out and he goes, huh. And then in the next scene he's just swinging around and, I, I think even a couple of people in the theater were like, where the fuck did you get that costume? And someone was like, it's inside out. Like, you know, like you, you then you look closely, and you can see the wires and stuff.
0: Okay. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, because I saw the duct tape and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I got that, but I was like, I was very, <laughs> like, I just, I just thought it was just another costume. And plus it was dark. So yeah, the colors totally. aren't as vibrant. <laughs> like if the if the colors are vibrant, I'm like, oh, okay, that's red and blue. Like if they're not, it all looks kind of muddy
1: in the same. Oh way. God, that's hilarious. So I took it as like, oh, it's this is a toy advertisement. <laughs> like they're trying yeah, to like yeah. sell a new suit, you know? But um so yeah. So that's <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was just sitting, I was sitting there like, I don't remember like what is he? <laughs> oh yeah, colorblind. And the same thing with like the same thing with like who who was the guy who was protecting the Soul Stone? Well, dude, that was the Red Skull. I'm like, oh, I didn't see the red. <laughs> I didn't understand.
1: I oh, very that's confused. so good. That's so good. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Um, that's hilarious. This,
0: all right? Um, so, okay, let's talk about. I think everybody's like happy moment where we got our three Spider Men in the
1: same place at the same time. Well, like, let's talk about how we got there because. I loved that they gave Ned the magic ability. Yeah. That was fucking cool. When he starts saying it at the beginning, and he's like, my grandma's always said that we have magic in our family. And I get these tingly – and Strange is like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh, go talk talk to your doctor. (laughs) But – um. I thought that was so cool. And I kept turning to Rosie as my poor girlfriend's trying to just watch the fucking movie. And I'm I'm like, <laughs> I'm an excited eight-year-old at this point. And every idea that I have, I'm turning to her and I'm going, He's gonna become the hobgoblin. Cause he does in the in the comics, right? Oh, does he? Yeah, he Ned becomes the hobgoblin. And so that's why when you know that whole <laughs> and toby's like yeah my best friend turned into a super villain and tried to kill me you know and it's like i will not uh, we were like yeah, but yeah you do though like so <laughs> i thought it was so cool that they gave him the, the power abilities and they kind of built up, built it up and that's how we got the first s- extra spider-man right and toby mm-hmm. shows up and when they show his silhouette I know we're kind of supposed to think that it's that it's uh Tom Holland and the, until he gets close I thought that was going to be Venom.
0: Oh, that would have been interesting.
1: I don't know why I thought that. I'm a little bit embarrassed by how loud I said Venom in the theater now looking back.
0: <laughs> you didn't.
1: <laughs> I did. And then oh I was like, "Oh my god." I was like, oh, right. Like, I feel like my heart <laughs> <laughs> turned to me like, what? Bro, have you watched any of the advertisements for this? Like, obviously another one of the Spider-Man versions. But yeah. That's Venom. That's Venom. Like- <laughs> really loud, Joe. Really loud. In- <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. I love it. And then Toby comes through, and you're like, "Oh right, that's the whole point of this movie." Well, the first, the first one's uh, Andrew Garfield. Oh yeah, that's right, Andrew. Andrew, my bad. Yeah, with the big Spider-Man eyes. I'm telling you, he's totally the '90s Spider-Man, the the Todd McFarlane Spider-Man. Oh yeah, yeah, that was good. Just prove it to us. Prove us. Crawl on the wall. What? I'm not gonna crawl on the wall. <laughs> Can you I get should, the cobwebs? <laughs>
0: And that's the thing; like, it it, it kept its humor throughout. It, it, you know, it was so, it was so good. Like, just those moments. And you, I don't know about you, but I knew at some point they were going to talk about Tobey
1: Maguire's Web Singer. Oh, that made me so happy. I didn't. I didn't. I totally forgot about that until he shot, and I was like, "Oh shit!" And that was the scene. It was great. It was great. Yeah,
0: it was so funny because like. <laughs> I love how they're like,
1: we're not judging. <laughs> like it's really cool because this is kind of annoying. So how did, like how? <laughs> so it makes it? Well, I don't want to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> so and it was so good because I was explaining to cause my,
0: my in-laws were like, Did you enjoy the movie? And I was like, Yeah, but I don't know how to they they did just ask if you enjoyed it. Why was this such a good movie? Oh God. And I'm like, I don't know how to explain that to you.
1: like i don't know
0: like i can't i can't verbalize to somebody who has no context Mm -hmm. why this is such a good movie and um and so i was basically like okay so there's two previous incarnations of spider-man and this is the basic plot of the story in the universe at this point and basically they're letting us play with the same character in three different flavors (laughs) and seeing how they all interact together. And that is just awesome.
1: It's such a meta, like this is to me the pinnacle of comic book movie storytelling up to this point. Oh God. Yes. You know, it's really um, kind of completing, connecting the dots for what movie audiences have experienced, you know, since 2002. I know
0: I'm not going to get it, but what I want is I just want a YouTube series of, and it could be like five minutes every month. It could be five minutes every month of just the three Peter Parkers or three Spider-Mans interacting for (laughs) five minutes, just being, just being Peter Parker, like just letting them, because it was so fun. It was like, they're all playing their version of the character. Like they didn't stray away from that. They allowed themselves to play their version of the character and yet they're all Peter Parker. So you could kind of see how the characters dipped into that, like archetype, Mm -hmm. you know? Yes. And, and so like, I love when they were, he's like, guys, guys, I've been part of a team. I'm part of the Avengers, and they're like, "That's awesome!" What is that? What is that? <laughs> is that a band? Are you in a band? <laughs> yeah. And they're just so enthusiastic about each other, and which makes sense because, like, they would, like, they would be, like, this is somebody. I mean, taking into the the idea that this is somebody who has a shared experience. I mean, maybe that's why it. Maybe that's why it 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 hit me so hard because I teared up. Basically, from the moment they showed up on screen, for the rest of the movie,
1: um, I was crying before that because the scene before they show up, Aunt May dies.
0: I Aunt May didn't didn't cause it. Like it wasn't oh. it, it. wasn't until Man. after that that hit me. I think my I think my just was not ready to process it yet. Mm-hmm. But um, but I think this idea of people understanding what you're going through. And having that shared experience, I, I I think I mentioned when we went on that gay cruise that one time, the um, the master of ceremonies at the opening like event was basically like sometimes you don't want to be the minority, and that's what that cruise is for. It's like everybody there has that shared experience of being of a certain. Type of person. And so having that shared experience that they can all like, you almost felt the relief for them where they could be like, oh, somebody else actually, it's not somebody else has superpowers. It's not somebody else has had to save the world. It's somebody else has exactly the same situation that I'm going through. And I can check in and see
1: where I am in that. Yeah, and they structured it so well within the movie because, you know, the culmination of that trip to Happy's apartment is that, um, you know, Norman turns back to Green Goblin and sways the other villains to his side and all hell breaks loose. It's such a great set piece, that whole scene that culminates uh, in the lobby with Green Goblin killing Aunt May. Um, And I saw it coming – and at the same time, I was like, "No, like, don't, yeah, <laughs> like, I really like this Aunt May. Like, don't do this to Aunt May." And I think I turned. It was like early when when she gets when she she gets hit the first time, and they don't reveal how bad the injury is until she collapses later. But after she got hit, I turned to Rosie and I was like, "Oh no, she's his is Uncle Ben," and Rosie was like, "No." No, <laughs> no, and <laughs> so the whole time that she's like, Yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm like, She's any moment now, she's gonna collapse. And so, yeah, God, when she says the words with great power, they're most also come. Oh my god, Joe, yeah, that was, yeah, and, it's, and then after having just seen Into the Spider Verse, you know, Miles's Uncle Ben is uh, the Prowler, his, his uncle. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, God, every Spider, you know, Spider Gwen, it's Peter Parker. Her her uncle Ben is Peter Parker. It's like Spider-Man, the the character of Spider-Man has so much to do with loss Mm -hmm. and, and with grief and with like persevering through the the grief that you're feeling and sort of trying to find meaning and and a reason to go on and hope be you know uh uh uh, despite the fact of what you're feeling and what you're experiencing and how spider-man never fully wins he never like just you know succeeds Across the board, it's always, there's always something that he's giving up, something that he's losing, something that he's failing. Um, and Um Which is why he's such a popular character,
0: because right. he's, he's not, he's not Superman. Right. He's, he's, he goes through the same problems and they're complicated by the fact that he's a hero, not made easier.
1: Yeah. And so what you're talking about in terms of like the other Peter Parkers relating to him on this level comes right after he's lost aunt may and he doesn't know what to do. And he's at his lowest point and who shows up. He it's like the, it's the, it's his lowest point in life and other versions of him show up to help him and to basically say, we've all lost. we literally know exactly what you're going through. Mm -hmm. So
0: another moment that, and I think it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying about all the characters having their own, like, closure in their own arc andrew garfield spider-man saving mj that got me
1: oh yeah that that got me big time oh my god and they didn't even spend that much time on on it i thought it was gonna be like a big thing and they literally just i think andrew garfield just says like you're welcome or like no problem but he's he's fucking sobbing Dude.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you have Yeah. I mean, like that's a really good acting moment yes. because he, he didn't have to say anything. It's just that, that conflict of happiness and redemption. And yet still the sadness of not being able to do it. The, the original time. Like, yes, it's this whole thing. Yeah. Just dude. this couple of seconds of just,
1: <laughs> Oh, I'm tearing up thinking about it. Yeah. The movie didn't have to stop and say, well, you know, I lost Gwen this way, so I'm glad I was able to save like no, none of that. It was just you're welcome. And he's just like destroyed, and the rest of us are like destroyed in the in the audience as well. That was such a great moment. Fuck. I can't believe they 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 packed so many so many moments like that into this movie.
0: Well, I mean, and then again, we we've constantly said this, and I think that maybe the, like just not to go back and, and rehash Eternals, but I think that's part of the reason why we weren't terribly excited about it mm. because they've they've successfully packed in a lot of storylines into these tiny little, you know, I mean, yeah, they're two and a half hour movies, but in, in the grand scheme of things, most movies take the entire movie to focus on one character. And the fact that like with Civil War, they had the, you know, they had a a captain america storyline they had an iron man storyline they had mm-hmm. Winter soldier storyline they had a black panther storyline they had a spider-man storyline and they were all resolved well i think yeah. that that's part of the reasons why eternals didn't land for me it's because it's like you got all these characters but you're not really paying tribute to them as individuals and giving them their own
1: arcs right right absolutely and yet we are you expect us to care about them <laughs> right right um and so they uh they basically decide to science the shit out of it <laughs> <laughs> i love that scene where they're in the lab all three of them because that's something that's often overlooked about peter parker is that he's really fucking smart and he's really good at science and mm-hmm. you know he knows enough in at least two of the You know versions of him to create his own web shooters, and that's one of the things that impresses Tony early on. Um, Well,
0: and the fact that it's like that's how he defeats um, uh, Doctor Strange. He's like, oh my god, this is just math. (laughs) Yes.
1: Oh, I love it. He's
0: like, I can do math.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I love it. And so they go to um, they go to the I guess the final set piece after they they create cures for everyone else they go to the statue of liberty the new and improved statue of liberty which is what um uh who is it iliana no what's her name uh uh natasha's
0: um, sister elena
1: elena yeah elena yeah she calls it the new and improved statue of liberty which is so funny to me that they're not only uh scrubbing off all the oxidation and making the statue of liberty look copper again but they're adding a, a captain america shield right it's so funny how much the MCU Is obsessed with like the memory of Steve Rogers you, We have the <laughs>
0: we, we The have- musical is awful The <laughs> musical is terrible It is so funny Because somebody who Has loved musical theater Had to have been involved In that because it is Terrible in Only the way bad musical Theater can be right. And
1: honestly if you look at you you know what it's spoofing, right? Uh I I want to say rent, but that's the beginning of Team America. No, I don't know what it's spoofing. Oh
0: no, it's way more meta than that. It's it's spoofing the Spider-Man musical.
1: Oh shit, I was going to say Hamilton,
0: but yeah, that makes sense. No, because I mean, like, if you look at videos online of them dancing around to these really awful costumes, I mean, really awful costumes. Have you seen anything on, have you seen any of the YouTube videos of the Spider Man into, no, the-
1: into the night or whatever? But I've read a couple of the articles where we're talking about how dangerous it was for the performers.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, it was terribly dangerous for the performers. But, <laughs> like, they had a, um, who is it? Is it Hive? Is that the bee dude? Oh, yeah. They have a guy with like little, and this is not, this is not a movie spoofing somebody. This is a musical that is supposed to be trying to be taken seriously. And they have a man dancing around with like these extensions that are supposed to be like, he's got giant plushy bees on him. Like it's terrible. Like it's awful. And so the the fact that they were t- like stop this podcast right now. Go to YouTube and do a search on Spider-Man Into the Night. It's
1: awful. Oh, I didn't know that's what they were spoofing. That's great.
0: Oh, it's because because if you look at it, it's they have this like two-tiered stage thing. And that's totally what they did for Avengers. For the for the cap for Rogers, we're we're. <laughs> this is your moment to
1: go onto YouTube because that's what we're doing. Hold on, the first video that comes up is Spider Man, a freak like me, a freak it's like probably, me. That's company. probably
0: the song that he is singing.
1: Oh, I see the fucking B guy. They did a performance <laughs> on <of> David Letterman. <laughs> Oh my god, okay, yeah. David Letterman is introducing the, the performance with the playbill, Spider Man. Uh, oh my god, the guy comes out in costume. Oh wow, <laughs> what? So oh no, is that the Green Goblin? Oh, why does that guy have his hat on to the side? No. <laughs> terrible (laughs) this is like Power Rangers level like
0: oh yeah oh yeah so like when they're doing the Rogers the musical first of all I'm like yes because if you've ever been to like a, a, a musical that's just bad like theater can be bad where you're like this is boring or I don't care for this musical can, musicals can go to an entirely different level of bad because now you're not, it's not just bad, but it's bad with singing and it's so awful. (laughs) It's so awful. So when I saw, when I saw Rogers, the musical, I like, I almost want it to be a thing because it's so bad. It's so, so bad.
1: Oh my God. I can't look away, dude. <laughs> this is re- this feels like a spoof.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's totally done in complete seriousness.
1: Yeah. Okay. That makes it even better. That makes the, the, the MCU Rogers musical even better. What I love about the beginning of the final battle. And it gives me shades of X-Men. It's that they are not successful because they're not working as a team. Right. Right. So good. They pulled it off. Right, well, and
0: it also makes sense because like, as they said, like they've never worked in a team before.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And, and, and uh, Tom Holland, Spider-Man has. Hmm. So he's like, follow me. I know what to do. Yeah. Well, so and, it makes a,
0: and it makes such a big difference, which kind of implies that, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's one of Spider-Man's actual flaws is that he's not, you know, he's not allowing himself to work with
1: others or there's just no other people for him to work with. Yeah. But,
0: it it makes such a difference.
1: So so Andrew Garfield's Spider Man is redeemed by being able to save MJ from falling to her death, mm-hmm. and it it looks like uh, Toby Maguire's Spider Man is redeemed by stopping Peter Parker from killing Norman Osborn, right which he very much wants to do. <laughs> like very very much wants to do. Dude, even after Toby stops him the first time, he's st- like Peter's still like pushing down like no, dude, I'm going to kill this guy. I'll kill you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really powerful. That was I mean, I <laughs> Rosie's like kill him. Kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, the decision to you know to just go ahead with the original spell and just have everyone forget who he is, like every. Well, and it's
0: in my understanding is it's not even the same spell because in the the first one it's forget that Peter Parker is Spider Man, and I feel like the second spell was forget Peter Parker. Yeah. And so it makes it that much more awful. Which yeah. is interesting because because I, I think it's interesting how everybody forgets about Peter Parker, but we all still know about Spider-Man, which allows him to still interact with other heroes in future movies.
1: Right, right. But he's carrying this knowledge of this whole past life that he's experienced that no one else remembers. Mm-hmm. And since he doesn't have May now, he really is alone. He has no one. Like, it's him. He doesn't even have a record of his fucking high school graduation, so he has to take the GED. Right, right. Well, because he doesn't
0: graduate. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is interesting because, I mean, oh, and then the, the, just kind of in um, uh, a tangent to that is the idea that um, Doctor Strange is no longer the Sorcerer Supreme because he was gone for five years. Right, right. Like, that's one of the things I'm loving about the Disney Plus series is that we're getting these little snippets of, what we've already seen from different point of view. I loved the opening to Hawkeye. Yes. Where, where Kate Bishop sees Hawkeye fight for the first time. And now yeah, that oh. makes it. And then, then then Yelena getting blipped.
1: Like so good. We finally see it from the perspective of someone who was blipped.
0: Yeah. Well, is, that's the first, like where you see both them, go and come back right because with yes Monica Rambeau we just saw her come back
1: yes exactly um yeah the the last few scenes are pretty heartbreaking you know that he's not going to try to convince MJ that you know who he is and and everything he just kind of lets her be because that's the sort of you know sense of responsibility that Peter has um and, and then they see him, they show him making his own suit, which again, it feels like, you know, we got the Spider-Man that we got in the MCU thus far because there was an opportunity with Sony to get him back into the MCU. And even though it wasn't an ideal introduction in terms of like starting it the way that you know the MCU would have liked to start it they knew that they Kevin Feige knew he had to jump at the chance to bring Spider-Man back into the fold if it was there. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I love the way they did it, you know, skipping the origin have, you know, forging his connection to Tony, introducing him in civil war and kind of spinning off into his own movies from there. all brilliant. Great. But it was, it this, this whole version of Spider-Man has definitely been a, um, a reaction to the previous two franchises.
0: Right. Well, and I mean, I think now I, I really, you know, this is going to go against what we talked about earlier about him playing Peter Parker for more movies, but this really is the beginning of Peter Parker as Spider-Man because up until now, like, in the Avengers movie, he's he's there for Tony's reasons. Exactly. Um, in the first movie, it's all about him trying to find what his place is as a superhero in a world with Avengers. In the um, the second movie, it's about him trying to go on without – it's almost all about Iron Man. And it's yeah. very little about Spider-Man. Right. And now we've just taken all of that away, and it's really just Peter Parker.
1: Right. 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 So we are, it, it's, he hasn't Spider-Man so far in the MCU has not really been allowed to just be his own thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And now they've set it up so he can be, which is fucking great. And it's symbolized by this classic red and blue costume that mm-hmm. is not it is not a Tony Stark invention. It is the lo-fi version of a Practically spandex costume that we've always known Spider Man to wear. Um, and one of the Easter eggs that uh, rock, New Rockstars pointed out I think it was New Rockstars, maybe it was on Twitter. I think I saw this on Twitter. The front of this new costume we see in the very final scene, mm-hmm. uh, the front of the costume. Has the little spider logo from Tobey Maguire Spider Man, and the back of the costume has the red spider from Andrew Garfield Spider Man costume.
0: Oh, that's really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So it's basically like again, he's he's taking what he's learned from, but it's it's all that is very meta because yes. not only is Peter taking what he's learned from the other two Spider Mans, but it's like. Marvel has taken what they've learned from all of the various Spider-Mans.
1: He's influenced by their costumes. He saw their quote unquote handmade costumes and he's like, Oh, I can make my own now. Oh, so good. (laughs)
0: This this movie has so many levels. How, how Ray, how, how does Marvel have so many levels? I mean, like literally I have taught Marvel movies in English class. Mm -hmm. Like, like it, it is so well put together. It is so well thought out.
1: Like it's I, I'm just constantly being surprised by them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we got a bunch of other stuff. We got Betty Brandt in this movie. We got a lot of all the all the callbacks to all the different Spider-Man characters. Flash Thompson is is in a new iteration. We mm-hmm. got so there's like lots of stuff there that now is going to have to be done in a new way or cast off. We got a full J Jonah Jameson in this one as well. I mean, um it's it's really interesting to to kind of think about where we could go from here. Where do you think they're going from here? Joe, have you had a guess? Business aside, you know, we're just talking about story possibilities here. Where do you think they they take us from here?
0: Well, one of the stingers
1: had a, a little bit of venom in it. Oh my god. Dude, I'm just... So we also watched just just because No Way Home was coming out, we sat mm-hmm. through uh Venom 2 let there be Carnage.
0: How bad was it cuz I didn't oh, bother.
1: God, Joe. It's such a bad movie. It's it's so bad, and it pains me that they're for some reason moving forward with this iteration of Venom, and they're seeking to really connect it to this version of Spider Man. I don't like that at all. Um, it, it's also not clear where Venom is taking place because, um, let me let me we might have to edit this out, but I need to bring up Twitter and bring up this tweet that oh oh I think it's my buddy um my buddy Christian sent to me the other day and I was like, holy shit, that's a really good question about no one knows where the fuck venom is taking place because of all these different nods and asides to like, or all these different Easter eggs in the venom scenes. No one really knows where venom is. Uh, Let me find it. Mm. Well, I feel I feel good about the fact
0: that because the character is, like, zipped into its own universe, mm-hmm. that he's definitely not a Marvel – at least the Tom Hardy version is not <laughs> a, a Marvel Universe Venom.
1: Right. Well, here it is. I found it. So, after watching Spider-Man, in what universe is Morbius taking place in? Oh, it was Morbius, not Venom. Mm-hmm. So in the Morbius trailers and footage that we've seen so far, Toby Maguire's Spider-Man is spray painted on a wall in the background. Andrew Garfield's Oscorp is seen in the background of the trailer. Tom Holland's villain, the vulture is seen in custody and uh, venom is also referenced in a scene. So no one knows where Morbius is taking place. Venom apparently is also in its own reality um, the singer, this the, sorry, the singer, the stinger was odd as well, because I thought new rock stars described the stinger, um, from, from the end of venom. Are you aware of the sti- the stinger at the end of venom too? No, Tom Hardy is sitting in a bed in a hotel somewhere on like in a tropical place. I don't know why exactly. And, um, Suddenly the room changes around him very much like it does for Yelena in the bathroom. So the, question, oh. so the question becomes, wait, did he get blipped? What the fuck was that? Right. And he looks at the screen and there's footage, news footage of Spider-Man on the TV that he's been watching. That's at the oh. end of, that's at the end of Let There Be Carnage, Joe. And
0: which and which um which Spider Man are they talking about? Are oh, they, they talking about
1: they, the it's Tom the, Holland? Yes, it's the footage of th- we've we've discovered Spider Man's identity.
0: Okay, so I can explain that one then. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but it sounds to me like it was oh he's just been pulled into um it's the same character you see in this, the stinger at the end of far from our no way home. Yeah. How so he's not blipped. He's pulled into the universe.
1: Oh by the spell. God. Oh yes. That makes sense. That, that makes sense. So here it is. Um, it says, uh, Let there be carnage ends with venom and Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock on the run. Uh, they're heading anywhere. People need protecting. He literally refers to himself as the lethal protector multiple times in the movie, Joe. Um, (laughs) he literally calls himself. That's awful. I'm the lethal protector. Um, uh, the movie's only post-credit scene shows their nomadic existence has led them to living in cheap quarters in a Spanish speaking country. Of course. Um, likely near the U S and the beach where they ended the film. It's clear. They've been there for some time. They're very familiar with the storyline of the Spanish soap opera currently airing on the television. Uh, the discussion about the show leads Venom to agreeing to give Eddie a small fraction of the quote, incredible knowledge symbiotes have acquired while traveling the universe. So Venom basically says to Eddie Brock, we are a a brace of aliens that have like traveled the cosmos have acquired all of this knowledge that we've shared through generations symbiotically or whatever so if i just even gave you a fraction of that knowledge it would blow your mind basically Mm -hmm. so so somehow venom this alien symbiote understands or has knowledge of the multiverse and all that stuff right Mm mm-hmm uh, as Eddie preps himself for the onslaught of cosmic knowledge, the lights in his room start to dim and flicker. Then everything gets fuzzy as the walls and furniture begin to shake and shimmer. Initially it's like all this is in Eddie's mind as though he can't handle what venom is showing him. But then a big blinding blast of light, one resembling an atomic bomb explosion uh, appears outside. It fills the room. And in a flash, the two are no longer on the cheap bed of their mega room. They transported to the comfy bed of a swanky resort where the TV is airing uh, a news broadcast. Venom, confused about both, um, tells Eddie he didn't do this. Some other force has drawn them into this strange place. Damn, I think you're right. I think this is the spell pulling them into the MCU. Uh, yeah. That's where things go from interesting to world shattering. Janie Jonah Jameson is uh, revealing Spider Man on the Daily Bugle News talk show. Um, that's when Tom Holland's Peter Parker appears on screen. Um, seeing Peter causes venom to overtake Eddie. The giant monster finds Peter intoxicating. Why though? Why they have no connection thus far and slurps the television with his tongue, uh, onto Peter Parker's face. Uh, the scene then ends with the room's actual guest walking out and asking Eddie what he's doing there. So there is some kind of, oh yeah. So you're right. He was pulled into the MCU in that, in that end credit scene in venom too. Yeah. So how does this connect to the end credit scene in No Way Home?
0: Well, he's been he's been like chilling in the Marvel universe for however long
1: the spell is active, and then he goes still, away, still at the same resort, probably still. At the, yeah, because the the um, he's like at a tropical bar or some shit, right?
0: Well, and the the guy who's the bartender is um, has a, a heavy Spanish accent, right? Right, and he's he's actually from. Have you watched Ted Lasso yet? Yes, he is. He's the Mexican player from Ted Lasso. He's he's so good. Yeah, so good. Um, but yeah, so he's still in the sense. So he's basically just spent this entire time chilling and figuring out what's going on in this universe, and then he goes back. But that little bit of Venom stays there. So we now have the option of having a Venom in this universe. And as we've established, they do not have to be played by the same character. So oh, hopefully, we'll have a Tom Hardy uh, Venom.
1: Oh, I hope not because it is so bad. What are they, where are they going with Morbius? Where are they going with this venom? Like now there's a, there's an alien symbiote, or at least like a little drop of it in the MCU, you know, with Peter Parker's uh, uh, new version of Spider-Man as well. So what does this mean for the alien symbiote? Some people have suggested because in venom two they introduce agent mulligan who apparently in the comics also gets a symbiote and becomes um toxin like agent toxin i don't know there's so many i'm not a big fan of <laughs> no, Venom characters sure. no we're not um but yeah i don't know because unless they're going a completely different way because there's no eddie brock that we know of in the current mcu so who, what is that symbiote going to connect with? I just, it felt unnecessary and unplanned. Like after such a great plot that was clearly like worked on to make sense. And there's so many payoffs and it's so layered and they figured everything out. Then they throw this fucking thing at the end of it. And I was just but, like, but why? see if that's, but see if that's, that,
0: that might be the direction that they go. Like if if they let Tom Holland's next movie be him getting the venom suit and not doing a dance number um, because he's now have us as a symbiote, um, it it might actually make for a good story. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know what it would be, but it would be different than like, I mean, that's the whole, the whole story of venom is him bonding with Spider Man and then getting rejected by Spider Man and then now seeking revenge on Spider Man like that is That's the Venom origin story.
1: So, like we haven't had that properly yet. Damn, you made it make sense. You made it. You made it make sense. That's true. If they do that, I hope it's a Sony film. <laughs> and, I, and I hope. Uh, I hope the MCU goes forth with you know Miles or or Spider Gwen or Spider Woman. Well, I mean, I think. You, you know what? Honestly, that would be really good.
0: Like do a do a Peter Parker do do a Peter Parker Spider Man movie that introduces Miles Morales. Whatever the reason that the two of them have to come together, then do Spider Man Five. Yeah, where Miles Morales has to stop Tom Holland Venom Spider Man. Ooh, that's kind of cool. And that, and, and that leaves it to, you know, now Venom can be mad at Miles Morales because he's the reason why Peter Parker rejected him in the, that's, that's, you, you asked how I would go, where I would go forward. That is where I would go.
1: Yeah. I, have you read like the, the Miles Morales origin from the comics?
0: I haven't, although I think I should.
1: Yeah I I own it. Um I really like it and I almost feel like we're at a point where it's ultimate it's ultimate comics Spider-Man uh from 2011. And um I know that they use Peter's blood and that has something to do with like Miles gaining some sort of like power. Okay. Um but beyond that, I don't know that, like, I don't know that Peter Parker even has to be in a, a movie that introduces us to Miles Morales. Like, I think you could just, you know, Miles Morales exists in a New York where Spider-Man is a known thing or character or was, you know, mm-hmm. and he, he can just sort of take his inspiration from there. Right. I don't know. But, I
0: mean, I understand. I understand not wanting to necessarily. Have Peter Parker be part of Miles Morales's origin story, yeah. but I think to tie the two together and to give, um, you know, to 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 facilitate the closure of one and the beginning of the other, I think that will probably be the direction that they go. Mm-hmm. Is is introducing Miles Morales in it, just like they're just like they're introducing all of the second, all, all the Young Avengers in different. I mean, that's why we have Kate Bishop right now is because she's going to become the next Hawkeye.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. That young Avengers team is coming together quick, real quick. And <laughs> the next movie we get, a uh, um, uh, what's her name? America, uh, America Chavez, Chavez in multiverse of madness, which is coming. When is that coming out? Uh, February, I want to say. Uh, Multiverse of Madness release date May 6th. We have to wait till May? I know, right? I thought it was coming <laughs> out sooner. We're being, we're being greedy again. Yeah, and then Love and Thunder in July.
0: Holy crap, that's going to be amazing. <laughs>
1: yeah. Alright. I man. still
0: don't I still don't know why we don't have uh Hercules on there. I it seems like it would be a great way to introduce him. But <laughs> you, you, know.
1: love, you love Hercules.
0: <laughs> I do love Hercules. I think I want to see Hercules and Thor interacting. And you know, there's a version out there where Hercules is boyfriends with with Wolverine. So I'm not gonna Oh wow. Know, yeah, like me some Hercules.
1: What when when are we getting mutants? that's true we we really do well we need the fantastic four i was gonna say we're getting fantastic four before we get mutants for sure
0: yeah yeah although i feel like they're i feel like they're starting to drop in like hints of mutants here and there
1: yeah who was it um one of the youtubers that i follow had a great theory for introducing the fantastic four in that peter parker is going to take his ged and he's only going to pass but he's going to crush it because he's like genius level intellect and that is going to um bring the attention of the the pro- program for young geniuses that reed richard's reed richard's uh, has in the comics i can't remember what it's called but parker peter's basically going to become part of that program and meet other like young smart people and that's how they're going to introduce like the richard's family and stuff which i liked oh that's cool um, okay, so we just got No Way Home. The next Marvel movie is slated for May, which is Multiverse of Madness, and then Thor Love and Thunder in July, and then Black Panther Wakanda Forever in November. We'll see about that. Yeah, uh, that that movie has been cursed. I oh, feel bad man. for everything that's going around. That's a That movie's struggling. Ooh, yeah, it is. Uh, and then in 2023, we get The Marvels and uh, – Quantum Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Oh, so good. And Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm very
0: excited about all the movies coming out.
1: Yeah, yeah. So this was, man, I I think Shang-Chi was great. I thought Eternals, you know, left something to be lacking. And I think, and I thought, Spider-Man No Way Home is one of my top. Marvel movies, instant.
0: Oh yeah, this is definitely in the top five for me right now.
1: Yeah, same. Which is crazy. I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to d- talk about our our top fives and have that have that argument in a podcast episode. <laughs> but no, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> but always done with love. Yeah. Um.
0: All right. Well, I guess we should probably close up. This has been a very long episode, but that's okay because it's been forever. And I feel like Um, we barely
1: scratched the surface of this movie too, but yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Any shout outs. Oh God. Uh, Shout out to you, man. I missed you. (laughs) (laughs) I missed you too. I was like all day
0: yesterday. I was like, I get to record with, with Ray tomorrow. I get to record with Ray tomorrow.
1: (laughs) Yes. The whole, the whole, you know, uh, podcast community that we're a part of is really cool. I miss being a part of it and I'm happy to be back and I'm looking forward. Hopefully we, we can talk about Hawkeye next week.
0: Yeah, yeah, um uh, before, once before we we split, we'll we'll talk about the, you know, what what the next couple of weeks look like. Cool. Um my shout out is to Raven um and EJ over in Girl, uh, Girls Gone Wild. Um they were supposed to have their 500th episode this weekend. Um but things are really bad with COVID right now in the UK, and they are really struggling over there. And so if you if you are a fan of Raven, either from Girls Gone Wow or from As the Dice World Cautious Optimism, um, go, go reach out to her because she's having she's having some struggles and she just needs us to send her some positivity. So, you know, go reach out to her and tell her that you hope her have, she's having a good day because I think she would appreciate that. All the music in this episode is by Ben sound and is being used under a creative commons license. you can find more music by Ben sound at BenSound.com. geek to do is a proud member of the geek to geek network. Check out other geek to geek shows, which is the geek to geek podcast tea time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney forever. You can't stop me loving K-pop the nerdberg review, JRPGs and me dragon quest FM as the dice roll, mating habits of the modern geek and sometimes Rob and as well as our newest podcast farming simulated. Also check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J, Bombashox, Toidal Power, Gene, and Nixie. And make sure to join us in Slack or Discord where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at Geektitude as well at GeekTitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play. My God, I just mess this one up completely. Uh Google Podcasts and most other podcasters out there, please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at JoeHogan at geekitude. com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at GeekTitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Ray, where can we find you? Other than a home
1: in bed recovery. <laughs> yes seriously. Um well you can find me on social media. I'm probably gonna be active again soon at uh, Ray Vargas 3 is where I'm at on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook um, you can check out my website which is also at Ray Vargas uh, Ray 3.com although that might be changing soon I'm working on a new website um, so, so hopefully that'll be updated soon but for now you can find me there and, and take a look at my artwork
0: excellent excellent, excellent. Um, so uh, thank you it was great to talk to you and yeah. for the rest yeah, for the rest of you out there listening, remember this week, keep it geek.